Welcome to the Holistic Inner Balance Podcast with Dr. Nicole Kane and Happy Healthy Hadley, your go-to resource for natural mental health and wellness strategies so that you can become the expert of your own emotional and physical well-being. Merging modern science with ancient wisdom. In recent news, record-breaking heat across the world is plaguing people. In the United States, we are seeing coast-to-coast, over 100 million Americans are under heat warnings of over 100 degrees Fahrenheit, according to Reuters. Europeans are dealing with record-breaking heat temperatures, fires across different countries, and one really interesting finding is that While 88% of American households have air conditioning, only 20% of European households have air conditioning. While some of them do have AC, it's quite rare to find it in schools and offices. And so this is resulting in closures and a ton of emotional and physical symptoms are coming out of the woodwork. And an article that was recently published in NBC Think asserts that we need more air conditioning to protect ourselves from the effects of heat. Even though it may be deleterious for the climate in the long run, they're asserting that we need to protect ourselves in the now with air conditioning. I have to say that that's not the only solution. And while it definitely is really important to keep us cool, there are other ways to keep us cool as well. And I'm not saying that we don't use air conditioning because I am a big fan of air conditioning. I use it myself, but it's not the only way to cool us down. And I really want to you know, just make, again, bring a nuanced conversation because that's what we're all about here. Um, And talk a little bit about how we can stay cool without just blasting the AC because it's actually not as good for us as we might think. And we're going to talk a little bit about why that is in this podcast. So today we're going to talk all about heat, heat anger, heat jealousy, which I just learned about when I was today years old, heat gut, (laughs) heat hormones, and all things heat in your mind and body. And we're going to explore what Ayurveda and holistic medicine has to say about the causes of heat and what to do about it. Awesome. So Hadley, you have a completely different perspective than this NBSync author. Yes, yeah. So it's actually, it's really interesting because obviously air conditioning is not beneficial for the environment. Like we all know that it takes up a lot of energy. Um, and I'm going to assert that it's also according to Ayurveda, or at least the principles of Ayurveda, they didn't have AC back 5,000 years ago, but uh, the principles of Ayurveda, it can actually mess with our, uh, seasonal rhythms that our bodies have. So, right. We have like a circadian rhythm that are like our daily rhythms. And we also have these seasonal rhythms and our bodies actually, actually need to experience some level of heat in the summer. Plus, it's really not helpful for us to go from hot, really hot outside to really cold inside and to constantly be changing temperatures to potentially like 20, 30 degree differences in Fahrenheit, that is. Um, And so, so that's actually really, really hard on our immune system. And that is beyond Ayurveda. Like we know that in Western medical science as well, that it's actually pretty bad for our, our, our immunity as well. And then the other thing, and this is according to Ayurveda, is that it can mess with our digestion to be 
constantly between hot and cold and then also to be in the cold because our bodies are like oh it's summer it's hot most of the time and then we're in these really cold environments while we're our bodies are, are supposed to be in heat and it makes us have cravings for foods that are just not very appropriate for this time of year. Our bodies want to eat things that are fresh and like available, ready for us outside. You know, a lot of the the fruits and vegetables and even like proteins and all of all of the things that are growing right now, that are available right now, are light cool, um, bitter, astringent. And those are all things that are appropriate this time of year. And that's what we would be craving more. I don't love the word crave, but that, that would be something that we would want to eat more of this time of year if we were just in, in the heat more often. And so when we're in the cool more often, we might crave things that are heavy, that are like heating, um, and things that will, potentially actually make us hotter in the long run and have all of these deleterious health effects that are, you know, just pizza imbalances, which is basically a fire imbalance. So what I hear you saying is that there's a seasonal rhythm to our bodies. Totally. And that makes sense. You know, the body is, especially the female body, we can see this really objectively with every full moon, there's changes in ovulation. And so people tend to cycle with the lunar schedule, which is really interesting. And even if you're not with a lunar schedule, we see that there's a cycle. And so you build up your uterine lining, you ovulate, and then you shed your uterine lining and it goes in this cycle. And then we have the sleep-wake cycle for all genders. Mm -hmm. And so you're melatonin rises as the sun goes down and then you sleep and then as the sun comes back up it suppresses melatonin you boost your serotonin and then you go through your day so there's this rhythmicness of our body systems and what you're suggesting is that we're not only disrupting this rhythm but we're also potentially provoking these drastic swings in our body temperature. So you may be walking from your air-conditioned building, and so it's like 71 degrees, or if, let's be real, a lot of air-conditioned buildings are like 62, and you're freezing. Yeah, right. (laughs) And then you (laughs) walk out. And I love this feeling, especially when I'm in Arizona, is I like walk out of a building where I've been freezing all day, and then it's 110 degrees or more in my car, and I just sit there and bake. Mm -hmm. And it feels delightful. And you're suggesting that this is actually a problem of those drastic swings. And it makes sense to me that that requires a lot of quick adaptation by our bodies. And so tell us a little bit more. So you were describing changes in food cravings and how those food cravings can further aggravate us. And so kind of explain that process a little more. Yeah. So it's really interesting, like... (laughs) Imagine that you are, it's a really hot day and you're at a like carnival or a fair, you know, that's very common this time of year. And then imagine that you get like a funnel cake, you know, it's fried, it's got a bunch of sugar. Um, it's, it's heavy. Um, it's actually, it's actually hot. Like they serve it hot. Um, and then imagine eating that and imagine how you would feel after that. Like, what do you think you would feel like? Oh, I would have funnel gut. <laughs> <laughs> 
when I eat those kinds of things, so I'm imagining being at the Arizona State Fair, yeah. and I eat a funnel cake, and it, like, sounds like a fun thing to do, but then it just, like, sits in my stomach, and it's, like, gross and bleh. Mm-hmm. And then your whole body feels hot and heavy. Yes. And it's, like... And it's it's already hot outside, and you're just and then, so you've got all of these things going on physically, and then what do you do? What do you do? What do you think? And then what do you do? Then if I was <laughs> if I was an, a normal American, I probably would go and get an iced Coca Cola. <laughs> <laughs> but I, instead, yeah. because I'm I'm like a weird weird naturopathic person, I, I would. <laughs> probably get a bubble water which i know isn't really any better but less sugar (laughs) oh yeah no well we don't have to assign morality (laughs) you're gonna drink the coke that's fine (laughs) and and what do you what do you feel like your emotional state becomes then once you have the heavy hot um you know dense food in your stomach oh i want to i go into a food coma yeah Totally. So you either become, you know, like you can't do anything, right? You don't, you want to just like lay down on the ground, which is actually an adaptive response. Your body is like, okay, I need to lie down, let myself digest this food, maybe sprawl out, have your arms and legs out. That's actually a great way to cool down. Starfish style. To just do a starfish pose on the ground. I do that sometimes. (laughs) I didn't have, I didn't have air conditioning when I lived in Seattle for three years and it, it still did get really hot in the summer. Uh, so starfish was very much my pose. (laughs) Um, She's doing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just lying here. <laughs> the microphone is it's a, one of those ones that hang over your face. She's just yeah. starfishing. It's fine. <laughs> oh, it's not true, but I might do that right after this. <laughs> so, yeah, so we we start to feel like blah. And then if you have a lot of pizza, you might re- you might resonate with this. This is something that I experience. I get super irritable and annoyed with everyone around me and I just want to be alone and if I can't be alone then I'm just super super annoyed and that is the heat from the heat and the heaviness that those both kind of go hand in hand when we're in this scenario when we're eating something that's hot and heavy so we have we we experience this thing in our physiology and then that actually translates in, into our emotional our mind our emotions all of that stuff and so that's where the heat irritability can come in right and so i actually wanted to hear from you dr kane about heat anger do you want to tell us a little bit about that i started thinking about heat anger because my husband would get heat anger <laughs> I was like, why are you so grumpy all summer? So my <laughs> I, my constitution is I like the heat. I want a lizard. I want to be in the sun. I want to bake. Hotter the better. Arizona mm-hmm. summer doesn't bother me, especially because it's a dry heat. So it just dehydrates me out and bakes me, which I know makes my constitution worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but we lean in. We lean into our, our imbalances. Yeah. yeah, our imbalances. Yes. But Paul, on the other hand, he would be much more irritable, especially on really hot days. If we were outside in the sun, he would be he would be driving and get road rage and just be really frustrated. And then as the seasons changed and it was cooler and he just wasn't he was just so much cooler himself. 
So I started to research and I found that there's actually a pretty good amount of data linking heat with aggression. Mm -hmm. And so I started to try to explore that. And so I'm thinking about like basal metabolic rate, like what's happening with your metabolism, what's happening to your thyroid hormone, what's happening to your endocrine system, your cortisol levels as this external metabolic process is increasing. And so as your body is dealing with heat and it's really fascinating to me that Ayurveda explains it. Yeah. That it's, yeah, because that person has now been put in a state of heat excess. And when I've studied it in traditional Chinese medicine, they talk about that too, where if you have signs of heat, heat can affect your other organ systems in your body. And so it can, in traditional Chinese medicine, it can cause anger, which is associated with liver. And so then we see people who are in hot climates that have skin rashes on their their body all over the place, like acne or psoriasis or eczema. They have bright red skin rashes. And we also see just a lot of reflux, like in traditional Chinese medicine. So the heat will affect the liver, which goes to the skin. Mm-hmm. It'll affect the stomach. And so then you have all of these burning symptoms. And so people tend to get refluxy. And then as you were describing, Hadley, that these people are also eating fatty, greasy foods because they're craving like the burgers and all of those heavy funnel cakes, you know, in the summer. That's how we celebrate, at least in the Midwest. (laughs) And then that amplifies and aggravates your symptoms. And so in traditional Chinese medicine, it sounds very consistent with what we see metabolically and in, you know, this 5,000-plus-year-old tradition. Um, And so heat anger is a real thing. And so I would love to hear more about heat anger and the primary dosha that is out of balance with that. Totally. Yeah. So I love that traditional Chinese medicine talks about this, um, which is very, very much related to Ayurveda. It's actually um, a derivative, like it came from Ayurveda, which is so cool. Um, But so... So pitta. Pitta is the dosha. We've talked about the doshas before, so if you are not sure what we're talking about, definitely go back and listen to um, some of those podcasts that we've talked about, all of the doshas and you know how they get out of balance and um, all, of, all of that stuff. But for now, oh yeah. Take the quiz. Oh, also take the quiz. Yeah, if you don't know, <laughs> if you don't know what your dosha imbalance is right now, because yes. it could be changeable. Yes. Take the quiz. We have it at um, my Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's in the the link in the bio. You have it on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. We also have it on drnicolecane.com. You could just type in the word dosha in the search bar. And you have it at Happy Healthy Happy yep, on my website as well. So, yeah. So, go take the quiz. And we'll also link the quiz in um in the description as well. Definitely go take the quiz and see because if it's pitta, then you definitely want to pay attention even more to this episode. If it's not pitta, you still might want to listen because there even if it's not your most prominent dosha, it might still be heightened because you, you can have more than one dosha that's out of balance, guys. Yeah, it's like a Venn diagram. So, yeah, right. So like Dr. Kane, she is mostly vata and kapha, doesn't have a ton of pitta, but, you know, if it's super hot outside and she eats a funnel cake, like, she's going to have it. it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so these are just sort of um, 
uh, like everyone's going to have this kind of imbalance if they have enough uh, enough heat, enough fire going on in their external environment. They're going to have an imbalance. So you know, even if you don't have a pizza imbalance, this is still this is still um, going to be beneficial for you. So so the the element of pizza, you know, all of the doshas have correlate with the five elements in Ayurveda. Again, you can go listen um, to previous episodes about that. But the one for pitta, the most prominent one for pitta is fire with a little bit of water, a little bit of like oiliness. So if you ever have uh, had a lot of acne, which is a pitta imbalance, you know that it also comes with a lot of oiliness. Or uh, if it's a pitta, if it's pitta acne, then it comes with a lot of oiliness. There are some other some other things that can happen there. But uh, you might notice that you've got a lot of oily. Uh, your face is a lot of has a lot of oil on it, um, and you might notice that you have more of that in the summer, and that's because pitta rises in the summer, and that's totally normal. Normal. And our environment actually gives us a way to balance that. And it does it with specific foods that are growing this, this time of year. Um, and, you know, it does it with specific things like go like being able to go for a swim, right? Like, we can't really do that in the winter if the water is frozen over. And, <laughs> and so being able to swim in the summer is something that the, our environment gives us to be able to balance our dosha, to cool down. Um, other things that we can do besides food, and we'll get into some of the food things, but, but other things that we can do besides food is, um, you know, anything... Anything you can do with like ice or water, that's going to be huge. Uh, so even just if you can't go for a swim in the middle of your day, you can splash water on your face. Um, that's one of my favorite things to do to cool down. Um, another thing, and this goes with our with nervous system regulation, is uh, putting ice on your face is actually really, really helpful for the vagus nerve. And maybe, Dr. Kane, you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, this is called the dive response. Yeah. They talk about it a lot in dialectical behavioral therapy, DBT, founded by the brilliant Dr. Marshall Linehan. And the researchers were observing how when deep sea divers would go into pretty deep water, that there were a few physical, physiological changes that occurred. One is that their blood pressure dropped. And so blood pressure is the the power of the heart contraction and then that thrust that beat that lub will create pressure mm -hmm. and then we measure that pressure it's the blood pressure and so there's two numbers you have the systolic which is the top and the diastolic which is the bottom and so we see that deep sea divers those numbers drop a little bit and when we're in a state of high autonomic arousal or fight flight freeze we see blood pressure tends to go up and so in deep sea divers that tends to go down another observation that they made is that body temperature went down so we're talking about heat we're talking about pitta we're talking about heat excess and so some of that is mitigated just because you're activating that vagus response and then using cool water in in of itself is inherently cooling. And then they also saw that the pulse rate slowed down. And mm -hmm. so they noticed all these different responses and it was primarily attenuated by what you said, Hadley, the vagus nerve activation. And the vagus nerve, just for those who haven't met that yet, it's your longest nerve and it goes all the way from your brain down into your enteric nervous system, which is the nervous system of your gut. And it regulates communication between your gut and your brain, and it's your control switch for 
are shifting yourself into a state of calm and relaxation. So doing the cold on the face activates your vagus nerve, but it also changes what's happening biophysiologically to change your gut and to change your blood pressure and to change all of your things. Ah, so cool. Yes. So when we have a pizza imbalance, a lot of times... You know, a lot of times we get into that, the fight mode, right? So we're irritable. We don't, you know, we don't want to um, be around people maybe, or if we are around people, we want to like start an argument or we want to do all these different things. And that's where we're in like the fight, flight, just the fight <laughs> uh, nervous system state. And so when we can, we can cool that down, it actually cools. I mean, it's kind of like a cycle. If we can cool that down, it cools down our body temperature. Or if we cool down our body temperature, it also cools us down, um, you know, mentally, emotionally, and physically as well. So the other thing that happens when we have a pizza imbalance is our digestion is when we've got a lot of heat in our digestion, and you mentioned this earlier, Dr. Kane, that we get, you know, the acid reflux or we get, uh, like liver congestion or liver heat. And that goes out to our liver is very, very connected to our skin, according to Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine. And so that comes out in our skin with, with different rashes, different, um, you know, skin conditions that are red and maybe itchy and all of that kind of thing. And so that is all closely related to our digestion. And we've get, we get that acid reflux, we get the, um, you know, hot burps, like that kind of thing. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what happens there. Then uh, we tend to, at the end of digestion, potentially have more heat in the end of digestion. And what does that look like? That's going to be more like diarrhea, loose stools, uh, maybe going to the bathroom a lot during the, during the day. And so if you've ever experienced that, you probably have experienced at least some of it is a pitta imbalance. So, so Let's talk a little bit about how to actually balance that in our digestion. Yeah. Does that sound good? Absolutely. Okay. Let's yeah. do it. All right. So when we, when we are thinking about actually balancing the pitta in our digestion, there are specific foods that we want to think about. And I actually like to think about qualities of foods in Ayurveda. It's called gunas, uh, rather than thinking about like, oh, eat, you know, here's a food list and just eat these things that are on the food list. Instead, if we can really like relate to what are the actual qualities and the tastes and that kind of thing, it makes it a lot easier to be like, oh, what quality does this food have and will it balance my body? So let's think about like um, a cucumber. What qualities does a cucumber have? It's cool. It's wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super hydrating. Refreshing. Yes. Yeah, soothing. We we put it on our eyes at the spa, right? Like it is, it's like a soothing vegetable <laughs> or fruit technically, I guess. Um, but so we've got all of those qualities. That's going to be awesome in the summer. And that's when cucumbers are ripe and available more more available so uh so cucumbers are going to be awesome 
And if we think about some other different tastes, we obviously we want cooling and we'll talk about some vegetables that are cooling or some, some fruits and vegetables and some different things that are cooling. But how about the, um, the other tastes? So in Ayurveda, there are six tastes and three of those tastes are really great in the summer. And those are bitter, astringent, and sweet. Those are the three tastes that are going to be really great. Um, the other tastes are sour and pungent or spicy and then um, salty. And those are not as great in the summer. Though, of course, we're not going to we're not going to assign morality. We're not going to say that anything is good or bad. It's just going to make you feel better or worse in the summer during this time. And so what we want to think about for bitter is what kinds of foods are bitter? What do you what do you what comes to mind when you think of bitter foods? Uh, I'm blanking. <laughs> I don't go for bitter. Um, I know, but that's okay. You you actually don't need as much bitter because you don't have, you have a lot of vata, so yeah. you don't need as much much bitter. But in the summer, we all need a little bit more. Bitter, the, the food that comes to mind for me is any green. Any greens are going to be more bitter, mm. right? Like think about kale or spinach or even lettuce you know lettuce is a little bit sweeter but it has some of that bitter taste as well um and so those are going to be really great this time of year and they're also going to be cooling bitter the taste of bitter is actually just cooling in in nature so those kinds of things also like um you know (laughs) coffee is actually bitter and it is often like the only bitter taste that we're getting in our diet. This makes me so happy. (laughs) Challenge accepted, drinking the coffee. (laughs) So, so it's interesting because, because coffee is bitter, but it's also heating. So in the summer, it can make us, make us have a more of a pizza imbalance. Um, In the spring, it can actually be helpful because we have more of the kapha going on. It's stimulating. It's bitter. It's um, heating and kapha needs that stuff. But in the summer, it can make us overheated. You, if you've ever had too much coffee, you might know that you get like diarrhea or you get acid reflux, right? So, um, and, and a lot of times people are like, oh, I love coffee, especially if you drink it black, you might just be missing bitter in other parts, in other foods, you know, that you're not eating. And, and that's, that's an Ayurveda thing that it's like, yeah, you might just be using coffee for the bitter taste and you just need more bitter. (laughs) I might be balancing myself out with my coffee. Yeah. Like my body and its wisdom knows like we have a bitter deficiency, drink mm-hmm. more coffee. Yeah, exactly. Done. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Good job, body. Good job, body. <laughs> so just give your body a little bit more bitter taste with the other things, and then you won't crave the coffee quite as much. Right? So, um, so the uh, you know, so that's bitter. And then astringent is, is another one. And astringent, a lot of people are like, what the heck is astringent? What is that taste? The way that I like to describe it is the taste that happens when you eat a, yeah, you're making the face. <laughs> making a fish face. Yeah. You it's a, suck your it's, cheeks in. Exactly. So it basically is like if you eat um, pomegranate seeds, all of the water in your mouth is just like sucked out, right? It's just, you know, it dries everything out. And that's really great this time of year because we are you know, we have that heat. It's a, it's, it can cool us down. It also takes out any 
excess moisture and we can be kind of puffy this time of year, right? We've got like a lot of, we maybe have a lot of humidity if we're not in the desert. Um, and we also are obviously hot heated and Pitta has a little bit of that oily quality. And so when we can take out some of that, it's going to be really helpful. And astringent foods are things like sprouts. So if you've ever eaten like pea sprouts, you know that it, it, it kind of leaves a taste in your mouth that is just very dry. Um, same with pomegranate, cranberries, uh, even like legumes, beans are great. Those are astringent as well. Those kind of dry, dry things out and they tonify our digestive tract as well. So they, they, um, kind of suck out any excess moisture and usually they do it in a gentle way. Um, and it'll, it'll kind of like tonify, which means, uh, What's a good way of describing what tonifying of the digestive system is? It increases strength and efficiency. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's, um, whereas, you know, sweet taste builds things, astringent kind of, like, makes it um, tighter, right? Tighter. It makes it tighter. And so we, we have that that tightness, which is really great. But then we do also need the sweet taste. So that, that brings me to the sweet taste that builds, um, you know, our capacity and it. it's more unctuous. It's more, um, we need things to move through us still without it being, um, you know, we don't want it to, we don't want to be like a dried up, shriveled up prune in our digestive system. We need it to be unctuous. And so that sweet taste builds and it helps us to kind of move things through as well. And it balances pitta. It's a cooling um, you know, soothing taste. And now that is not to say that eating the funnel cake is going to balance our pizza. <laughs> if we're eating a lot of like a ton of refined sugars, that is not going to balance pizza. That's actually can make it go out of balance because it can make it, um, it, it just, it adds too much of the sweet, the sweet quality. So what I'm talking about more is like, a banana, <laughs> um, coconut, mm -hmm. coconut is super cooling, coconut water, coconut meat, coconut oil, all of the things that are coconut, you know, coconut only grows in hot tropical climate. Yeah. And so it's like here humans, <laughs> this is what you need and I will provide it for you. It's so cool. Mother nature is so cool. It's amazing. <laughs> so coconut is great. Um, and that's going to provide some of that sweet taste. Same with like dates. Dates are, are great. Um, this time of year as well. Again, we're not overdoing it. But and they grow in the desert. They grow in the desert. There's a place called Dateland that's really? between Phoenix and San Diego, and they grow oh and my export dates. Perfect. Yeah. There you go. See, it's exactly what we need in those places. It's so cool. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So really, it comes down to what is growing outside of your home, and that is what your body needs in the current environment that you are in. I'm wondering about dandelions. You know, dandelions are bitter. Yes. They grow all over the Midwest in the summer. They are incredible. Like, that is the number one food that is going to help your liver. It's going. It's got so many micronutrients. Like, we think that kale has a lot of micronutrients, but wild dandelion leaves have 
like tenfold <laughs> the amount that kale does. <laughs> and so dandelion, I've seen shirts and stuff that are like, dandelion is the new kale. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, it is, it's amazing. It's really great for our liver. It's really great for uh, getting heat out of our bodies. And it's really interesting because it is the most bitter in the beginning of summer. And it actually becomes less bitter. So do all of the greens. It actually becomes less bitter throughout the summer because we need slightly less bitter in the end of the summer. So if you're listening to this at the end of the summer, you might incorporate more like lettuces uh, and different things like that rather than the super, super bitter, bitter, bitter greens, um, which is kind of cool as well. And that's when they grow. Um, So yeah, so we need all of those tastes and then we want cooling and then we want to avoid the really spicy foods. Spicy foods are going to heat us up. You, you know this. Everyone knows this. <laughs> you sweat <laughs> when you eat spicy foods. Um, and so that's going to increase our heat as well and increase our pitta. Same goes with like really sour, vinegary kinds of foods. That's also going to really increase our heat. That one might not be as well known. And so anything that's fermented and really sour is, is going to do that. So think you know, even these great probiotic foods that we talk about, like sauerkraut and uh, kombucha. Oh my gosh. I see people drink like more than one bottle of kombucha a day in the summer. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, the gastritis, (laughs) (laughs) gastritis. (laughs) that can, that can occur. That has happened in my family. People have had gastritis because they're drinking kombucha and eating all of the pickled things and thinking that it's healthy. And it's great in the winter, but not as great in the summer. And so we can we can kind of moderate that a little bit more. So that's kind of the types of foods to to you know go toward and to maybe go away from in the summer. And again, we're not assigning morality. We're not saying that you know th- eat this, not that. This food is bad. This food is good. Like it changes. What you need changes all the time. And it's helpful or not helpful is really the name of the game. It's not good or bad. Um, so hopefully that's helpful for people. What let's do you think? Add some, <laughs> let's add some, like, so let's supercharge that with some herbs and maybe yeah. even, like, a gemstone. Ooh, we're gonna, I like, like that. We're going to really step out of our normal bubble here is, so uh, herbs is, I'm thinking, uh, nervines. And I'm thinking cooling. And so what we know is that we have, we were talking about a sympathetic nervous system response to thermal stress. So when we get really hot, it stresses our body out. We've kind of talked about that. And then the dive response, the cold water in the face can help shift us into parasympathetic. It can calm us down. It can cool our bodies off. And so, you know, we do know that the nervous system gets activated with stress. And so nervines are actions that different herbs have of calming the nervous system. So it helps with that sympathetic stress. And so if we could find a nervine, so we could find an herb that's calming, anti-anxiety, but also cooling, then you can use herbs as dosha balancers and as good medicine. And so I'm thinking things like lavender, lavender flowers. So lavender's anti-anxiety, lavender's cooling, and you can take lavender flowers as a iced tea. Um, you could also do, uh, you know, like a hot tea. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's still 
cooling it's for the cooling. system like long term yes yeah, yeah. it's so, so cool it's amazing so especially if you tend to be like me more vata like having a hot tea but it's something that's a little cooling can be super yummy and balancing and then of course we all love essential oils and so you can use lavender topically and other essential oils or flowers or different things that can be used so let's think about like glyceriza it's very nourishing, especially in a dry heat. Glyceriza can be very nourishing. Um, like it's a great desert plant because it's cooling, but it also kind of lubricates. So if someone's more kapha-y and they're a little bit more moist, then maybe not glyceriza. Maybe something that's a little bit more um, styptic or astringent would be better. Um, but glyceriza can be really nice and cooling. It's also anti-anxiety. It's a nervine. And then other essential oils that might be awesome to think about is peppermint or eucalyptus or something that's nice and cool like that. And when we're thinking about uh, the minerals that are in our planet is we know that some are hotter and some are cooler. And it's the same thing. If you go out into the parking lot and you have black concrete and then you have just the regular gray sidewalk, when you touch them both with your hands, the black will absorb more of the heat. It'll be hotter. So we know that different earth minerals, they exist at different vibrational temperatures. And so I love using stones that are blue and are cooling, like I'm thinking sodalite, aquamarine, lapis lazuli. And so one of my favorite things that we used to do when I was in medical school is we would put an aquamarine um, stone in a little spritzer and we put a couple of drops of peppermint, maybe a couple of drops of lavender, and then you put it in water and then you could spray yourself when you're out and about to cool off so that you're getting that energetic cooling from the gemstone, you're getting the actual cooling from the essential oil, and then you're using water. Spray <sighs> yourself right in the face. So, so good. that's kind of a fun hack, and you can make them on your own. So if you're sitting at home and you have kids and you need a project, just like go and find some nice cool blue stones. Go to Arizona has a gem and mineral show. Like go out into the wilderness and like find some beautiful stones and you know make your own little spritzers. Make them smell good and make them fun. Yeah, I would add uh, rose. Ooh, rose, rose is, is the my best. favorite. I have like a rose hydrosol spray for my face, and I just spray it out of my face throughout the day in the summer, and it cools me down so much. It's awesome. I have that in my bathroom by Davida, and I haven't been using it at all this summer. I completely forgot about it until yeah, you said that. Yeah, use it. Oh my gosh. It's I need the to be spraying. Best. I need to spray Paul. Yes. Because he's still hot. Yeah, it's record, yeah. Like we said at the beginning of this conversation, it's like record hot temperatures. Although this week, we're filming this podcast in July in Michigan. And this week, like the 25th-ish, it's been like really actually kind of nice. I know. It's been awesome. We had a cool yeah. friend come in. Yeah. So I want to talk about if, you know, we're talking about heat. And, you know, we've been talking about like how it's really unprecedentedly hot. And yeah. we've been talking about what we could do to cool off. But there are moments when emergency treatment may be needed. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk about the difference between heat exhaustion and heat stroke. And so if you feel like you're at risk, then, you know, you don't want to like take an essential oil and like spray yourself <laughs> in the face with it. Like you need to get appropriate medical care. So I just want to talk about that. So there's, there's heat exhaustion and then there's heat stroke. Heat stroke can be lethal. It can be it could be dangerous. It could cause death. And so we want to be really mindful about that. 
And so let's start with heat exhaustion. Your body has been too hot for too long. Your nervous system is trying to cool you off. You're sweating. You're panting. You're doing all of the things that you can. And you're body is going to put you in starfish position. So people get dizzy, they throw up, they have diarrhea. Um, so symptoms of heat exhaustion. So we're thinking faint dizziness. Um, we're talking about excessive sweating. So your body is just trying to dump heat as it can. Um, the skin may feel cool and clammy. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you talked about nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. And then the pulse is faster, but it's weak, right? Because your, your body is putting all of its energy into trying to expel the heat and then of course as you're sweating it all out now we're getting dehydrated so the pulse is weaker because you're not getting the fluid to build your blood and then you're getting muscle cramps because you're sweating out all your minerals if this progresses it can cause heat stroke and so then you're getting a throbbing headache you're not sweating anymore because you're out of liquids and your body temperature spikes. And so if we were to take your temperature, oral or auricular of the ear, then you would see 103 reading. The skin, is, again, is now hot and dry and red. We also see um, rapid, strong pulse and losing of consciousness. Mm. So if anybody is at the point of heat exhaustion, that first one with the dizziness, the faintness, the cool, clammy skin, is you want to bring their body temperature down. And so submerging into cool water, you don't wanna, like we said in the beginning, you don't wanna make a drastic change because the nervous system can't tolerate that. So you wanna try to cool them down at a reasonable, moderate pace. So like cool cloth in the head, start hydrating them. If you have access to an emergency clinician, like put an IV in them, start rehydrating them right away. Um, but if anybody is entering heat exhaustion, heat stroke symptoms, then just call 911, make sure that you call the emergency department. And then you can build your first aid kit and have all of your things with you. And so this kind of like circles back to the beginning of the conversation of like, should we use AC? And Hadley, you were saying that like, hey, you're a fan of AC. Yes. And there are things that we could do to protect ourselves there are things that we could do when we start noticing, like I'm getting heat jealousy, heat frustration, I'm getting some pitta signs. Mm -hmm. And so prevention is key, but also knowing when to use your emergency resources is also huge. Totally. And I want to say that like with AC, the way that I use air conditioning is, especially in my home, obviously I don't have control over like when I go to uh, another building in an office space or whatever. Um, but in my own home, I just use air conditioning as close to the temperature of like outside as I can. So without it being too hot, I work from home. And so, you know, working in an environment that is really hot is like awful, right? It is, it is miserable. So I keep my, my temperature during the day uh, in my home around 75 or 74. Uh, and it still is like colder, cooler than it is outside, but it's not like in the 60s, right? It doesn't need to be in the 60s. I don't need to be like cold. <laughs> I don't need to put my socks on and like bundle up, right? Um, plus, when you have air conditioning on, it does feel colder, even if it's at 75, it feels colder than it would if you were in 75 degree heat in the sun, right? If you were outside. And so, and it, because it also dries, dries things out as well, um, in your home. And so, you know, 
using air conditioning in a more responsible way, I think is kind of the path forward for a lot of us as well. Um, so that's one thing that I just want to add. And, um, and I do turn it down at night as well, because sleep to me is the most important thing. Um, and, and we actually, our body temperature does have to drop a little bit in order for us to be able to fall asleep. So we do need to have a little bit cooler environment in order to get the quality of sleep that we need. So I do still do that as well. And I find that my clients, um, you know, when they do that, they, they feel like they are still aligned with the season. Their body is still aligned with the season. They have the appropriate like desire for like the foods that are going to cool them down. Um, but they still are like comfortable. (laughs) That's really helpful. And so I like that you gave it kind of an objective measures, trying to keep it like around 70 something, 75 mm-hmm. during the day and then cool it off at nighttime so you can have optimal sleep and then you can cover with the blankies. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'll say that like, you know, we don't have control over those things, over the, the air conditioning in different places. I always bring a sweater and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I bring socks as well um, because, you know, cold hands and feet <laughs> that uh that is where our our bodies release heat is our head our feet our hands and so um we don't want to be in that extreme heat and cold and so if we can just throw on a sweater maybe throw on some socks that can be helpful to not have such a drastic change between temperatures too awesome So today we've been talking about signs and symptoms and what to do about heat. And Ayurveda has so much to say about it. And so if you're not sure what your dosha is, be sure to check out the quiz. It can change. And remember, the body is cyclical. And so what your imbalance may primarily be right now is likely to change as the seasons change. And so starting to become familiar with signs. Okay, this is what it's like when I'm a little bit of a a pitta imbalance. And so maybe I shouldn't eat that, that funnel cake, that elephant ear, (laughs) or if I do, here's a way to balance it out so that you can kind of live your best life feeling happy and blissful. Yeah. And like, I'll also add when you, if you eat something that's like really spicy, right? A lot of times, um, food like, uh, Mexican food or Indian food, that's really spicy. They will balance it out with some, uh, like cilantro, fresh herbs, that kind of thing. Um, coconut, they might add like a coconut chutney or something like that. And that's going to balance out some of that like really spicy heat. Or you can just omit the spice for now and just add the, you know, all of the fresh herbs. Those are all super cooling um, and kind of go with that as well. So it doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? It can just It can just be balancing it out. Thank you so much, Hadley. This was great. Yes, absolutely. It's so fun. So fun to talk about this with you guys. Um, Yeah, check out the Dosha Quiz, and we will talk to you again soon. See you soon, loves. The recording you just listened to consists of the personal opinions of Dr. Nicole Kane, a naturopathic doctor with a master's in clinical psychology, and Happy Healthy Hadley, an Ayurveda expert with a master's in health behavior and health education. While these opinions are based upon literature, counseling, education, medical training, and clinical experience, this content should not be viewed as the definitive opinion on these subjects. 
Listening to this podcast is not a substitute for any sort of medical, psychological, or other form of treatment. If you are in a crisis, please call 911 or call the National Suicide Prevention Line at 1-800-273-8255. If you are in need of counseling, don't hesitate to make an appointment with a counselor in your area. Dr. Nicole and Hadley are passionate about you becoming the expert of your own emotional and physical well-being. If this resonates with you and you think this podcast would help someone you love, please share it with them. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Holistic Inner Balance Podcast.